Hey there, this is Chris Perry. I am the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League. And on the other end of the line, we have Andrew Majorkirth. Andrew, are you there? I am here. I think we're going to have a new title for Andrew. It won't be partner in crime anymore. It'll be uh, the Peg Doctor. That's Andrew right, Major the Peg Kurth. Doctor. That's got a ring to it. <laughs> I like it. Hey, let's hear some uh, crunchy guitars, and then we'll let's talk all about nationals that just got over uh, a couple of days ago. Hold on, here's the guitars. Andrew, we did a quick and dirty podcast uh, live from Frisco for the days one and two. We did. The event is over now, and now so let's let's wind it up and talk about all the rest of the stuff that we saw. Fun fun times in Frisco, huh? Yes, it was. Uh, you know what? I thought it was a great tournament from start to finish, and I thought there was a lot of great hockey games that were Got played that, down right? there. Hey, the hockey, you know, aside from, and we'll, we'll get to some of the minor issues that, uh, that we had there, but boy, the hockey was absolutely great. I mean, it was, it was great. There was, there's only a, couple, a handful of games that got out of control score wise, but other than that, lots of close, good hockey games. We, we thought, you know, just, just, you know, the, the, going back to the day one, the quick and dirty recap, we thought all those games would be blowouts and heck, they, they were, were all close. All, yeah, yeah, except for one, one and, the Missouri State game. You know, they showed yeah, up and, and won by three goals. Everything else was a was a one, one goal, goal game and an overtime. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. it was close. Now it was the next Even, day where we had the blowouts. <laughs> yep, yeah, there's a couple of blowouts in the next day, but still, I mean, close. You know, I thought Missouri State did a fantastic job in yep. their showing and their two game showing. You know, and I thought even even though OU went one and one, got knocked out on that next day. For, for what it is, you know, I thought they had a pretty decent showing um, until late in that second game when the score kind of got out of hand a little bit. Um, That's right. And then the and then the other two, yeah. Well, let's kinda... let, let's let's get to the other two because we, yeah. we talked about Thursday and Friday, but uh, in the previous podcast. But let's start this one here on Saturday. Saturday morning was the five through twelve games, and it started with number five Iowa State playing number twelve Stony Brook. That thing we kind of got off to a little rough start. If people remember, we had the Zamboni um, yes. kind of start smoking the night before it, during the Lindenwood Robert Morris late game, and it turns out that it blew a radiator hose. Uh, the radiator hose. <laughs> yep. I can't even talk. That's how tired I am. Jeez. <laughs> and I'm still trying to recover. Uh, and it got antifreeze on on a little part of the rink. Well, little did we know that the. Uh, that the uh, when they went out to flood the ice later on that night, they spread that antifreeze all over the ice. Everywhere, yes, oh. everywhere. So the driver, so, you know, yeah. we talked a little bit about it. I thought the driver did a great job getting off the ice with the thing smoking like that because it, it put off a lot of steam and, and stuff like that. But you know, he did a good job getting it off the ice. And then myself and my partner in crime, Gordy, you know, we got out with the squeegees and and got the surface of the ice cleaned up pretty quick, so we didn't have any lasting effects there. But yeah, who who would have thought with blowing a radiator hose that they wouldn't have washed the machine down overnight? And then they brought it back out and spread the antifreeze everywhere on us. 
And so the ice kind of looked like the surface of the moon with a little bit yeah, of uh, some craters and, uh, and bumps all over the place, at least for that first period. Uh, but it really didn't matter because I always say it was just dominant. They, they yeah, beat they Stony Brook four to nothing. It, it wasn't even that close. No, nah, it was score. Score wasn't that close. You know, they came out kind of slugging both of them a little bit, and then, and then the depth of Iowa State kind of took over and just ran it home from there. Yep, yep. And then in the uh, in the next game, Minot State comes out number six against number eleven Illinois. Uh, that one ended up being a five to three game, but again, it wasn't uh, it wasn't that close until the very end. Minot State yeah. seemed to have control of it. Illinois scored, pulled their goalie, scored late, got within one, and pulled the goalie again. And that's when Minot uh, uh, ended up getting an empty netter. The empty netter, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and Minot were... looked—I thought Minot looked really good. You know, up to up to that point, we had seen a lot of the teams up to that when Minot got out there, and really, I, I was more impressed with the way Minot played than any of the other teams. Up to then, even even with Lindenwood, as good as Lindenwood was this season, I was more impressed with the way Minot moved the puck and the way they played. You know, they they had more of that. I don't know what, for lack of better terms, an old school style to them about about how they approached the game and how they played it. Right. Yep. Yep. And and it just and I, had, I, just works. That, that, it it works exactly right, and they everybody knew their role and. Uh, yep. They looked really strong. Iowa State looked strong. The next game, Davenport against uh, Central Oklahoma from the WCHL. Um, number seven versus number 10. You you would expect that's going to be a heavyweight fight, and it was for about a minute. Yeah, it was. I don't know if Davenport was just gung-ho, ready to, ready to come in and play, or what the deal was. Yeah, but they kind of came in and just took it to UCO. And it was, what was five it? to five nothing to... at one point. Yeah, no, I think the first period ended five to one, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Central with, scored uh, with with five Henry seconds. being yanked out of the net. He yanked, he yanked himself. That was the thing yeah, after I was the third say, goal. He yanked himself, right? It's kind of funny. the uh, The Davenport um, coaching staff they they have an assistant coach on that team. His name is Joe Messina, and he's a goalie. And he it's it's kind of funny to watch him. I've always I've watched him for a few years. Whenever I see him, what he does is he just gets on the bench during warmups, and he stares down the goalie. And just you would think that he, move. oh yeah, and you would think that he's getting ready to go out there and play. <laughs> um, yeah, and and so he's watching Alex Henry, and I was I just happened to be sitting around the arena with the uh, athletic director from Davenport University, and I said, oh well, you know, watching Messina just you know give it to the UCO goalie Henry. Uh, you know, drilling holes in him with with his eyes, yeah. And and then he he does his little assessment, and then uh, you know, warm ups go in, and the backup for Central Oklahoma fifty seven goes in, and I said, you're not going to worry about fifty seven, you know, unless yeah, you number thirty three just him. absolutely you know craps the bed, because I said Henry's the man, and he'll, uh, you know, he he's he's a great goaltender, he can steal games, yep. and yep. Uh, sure enough. Sure enough, I was proven absolutely wrong because uh, three, about I don't know what was it, ten minutes into the game. Um, it was, yeah, it was, ten minutes in, it was already like three nothing. Three nothing. Alex Henry pulls himself, and number fifty-seven. Uh, uh, God, I was I was going to say somebody else, but it's Cody Campbell comes into Cody the game Campbell, and rides yeah. it out, rides it out for the rest of the game, and um, yeah, Davenport that was, won that game eight to three. Yeah, that that was ugly from the from the initial puck drop. The uh, 
But kudos to kudos to UCO. They had a one heck of a season. Yep. So definitely, definitely nothing to hang their head about. Well, and 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 how about this? Kudos to to Central and Davenport because the game was over in the first period. They still had forty yeah, more minutes to play, and they could have been idiots, and, it, and they weren't. Yeah, they played it didn't hard. Get messy. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. Didn't get too messy. The. Uh, yep. So yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then you have to move on to another uh, to another drumming that a WCHL team took. Oh, our, our champion, number nine Arizona, <laughs> yeah. faced off against number eight Liberty, and boy, it was that's that's no bueno for Arizona. It was a seven to two Liberty yeah. game. They kind of yeah, it was so we, it was so ugly. We had the yes, what we so the UCO game we had the the pane of glass break on the visitors end of the ice, and we were off for what. 20 minutes. Um, yeah. Yep. It was after the first intermission, if I'm not mistaken, that they noticed the glass was broken. And I think we were down for an additional 20 minutes after they got through zamming. That's right. And then, we uh, had an 18, you know, that Liberty, 18 minute intermission. Yep. Yep. And then uh, that Liberty, Arizona, you know, it kind of got started off on a bad foot. What was it? First minute of the game, the guys hit, took a hit down in the corner and they popped a piece of the glass out on us. And uh, then we were down for a couple minutes while we got that put back in. And then uh, I believe it was at the end of that first period when they busted the other piece of glass right next to it. And it took them a little while because they didn't have a piece of glass to fit back in the opening to to get that put all back together. So here again, we had another extended intermission. So they actually... what they they sent the teams off there was three minutes and 45 seconds left to go in the first period yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's right that's right yeah and they you guys repaired the glass and put everything back to normal and i if if my memory serves right you also put up some uh some straps ratchet to hold hold the glass in there those get some uh ratchet straps and come alongs and um yep we're able to hold the boards boards and the glass together yeah, because the boards were bent a little bit, so the top of the glass was a little loose, and that's what was allowing it to pop out when uh, they were making those big hits back there. And so we we ratcheted it all together and brought all ten or eleven pieces of glass, whatever it was, together and held it held it with uh, what do you call it um, barbed wire and uh, duct tape. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> well, that was uh, so that was that was kind of an interesting day because uh, the five through twelve games you expect to be very competitive, and it turns out yeah. that most of them weren't. Iowa State dominated Stony Brook. Minot, even though the score was 5-3, Minot dominated Illinois. And yeah, Davenport was, blew out Central, and Liberty blew out Arizona. It, it definitely was not like the previous two days that we had watched, right, with the uh, close nope. hockey games. Yep, yep. And so what that meant was that the uh, for the quarterfinals on Sunday morning, uh, the uh, – uh, it was all chalk. It was all chalk because uh, the computer don't lie. It was one versus eight, yep. two versus seven, three versus six, and four versus five. It was the top eight teams advanced to the quarters. And Andrew, you 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 went home, didn't you? I did. I you did. Were, you I, left uh, after. I ducked out after the Saturday night game, after the Arizona uh, Liberty game. I I ducked out and pulled back into the house at about three a.m. That's incredible! I can't believe you! I can't and, believe that you left. Yeah, 
and drove all through the night oh. just to get home. Wow. I did. I did. And I, I may or may not have been fueled by uh, an In-N-Out burger on the car ride home. Oh, oh. Just, oh. just saying. Just saying, huh? Well, yeah, no wonder you were saying. driving so fast. You had to. You had to make sure to get back to that In-N-Out Burger was cruising through your intestines, and it was <laughs> it was in, and it was on its way out. <laughs> that's right. That's what happens. That's right. All uh, the that's, smokes. I think I'm pretty sure that's what the I'm pretty sure that's what the In-N-Out is all about now these days. <laughs> so, so a- Andrew Andrew left and uh, I did. left me you know, all by myself. Yeah, um, left you left you but, there. Uh, but it was great. He. Uh, uh, we we he got to watch some of the games. The on Sunday morning it was Ohio versus Iowa State, a uh, CSCHL matchup. It was approximately the one thousand one hundred seventy eighth time those two teams have ever met and played one another. However, <laughs> yeah, it right. was the first time that those two teams ever played each other in the state of Texas. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, very um, cool. And yeah, and. Uh, you know, so a rivalry matchup, and Iowa State ends up coming away with the victory, a three to two win over the Bobcats of Ohio. Sean, Coach Sean Hogan uh, is done now at Ohio. He was leaving to move back to Michigan, and Ohio is going to be looking for a new coach. And Iowa State moves on to the national semifinals. The uh, uh, very, that was very kind close of a, game. Was kind of, very close tie game. If my memory serves right, Ohio got on the board first. Iowa State tied it, um, took yeah, the lead. The, Ohio the tied of, it, and to come back third and forth. Iowa yeah. State got a, yep. Yeah, yeah, I was. Iowa State you know, I was kind of. I was kind of surprised and, with Iowa State. Yeah, I was. I was very surprised by Iowa State. Hadn't seen them all year, and uh, I was surprised at their depth and, and really just how good they were and how they and how well they played the game. Right. They did a good job. They work. You know, the, the the one thing you can say about Iowa State is they work, and it really came out yeah. in in the next game. But those kids, they work, and they there's they've got some talent on that team. There's no doubt, but their work rate is pretty good. They just keep yeah. their legs churning. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of reaching. They 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 hit and they play a they play a pretty good game of hockey. Yeah, and they they play it the right way, right? Yep. Yep. So, uh, so Iowa State moves on five beats four, um, and then the next game was defending national champion Adrian College uh, faced number six Minot State, and that was a three to two uh, uh, Minot State win over Adrian, sending the the champs home. So that was a that was a great game. That was a great contest, and uh, Minot got a got an early lead. Uh, if my memory serves and Adrian tied it up and then why not got the next two goals and Adrian made it kind of close and, uh, but just couldn't get the tying goal there at the end. So yeah, uh, my not holds on to win it three to two. Yeah. And seeing, and seeing those teams, you know, I, I thought I was, I was unimpressed by Adrian more than the other uh, three teams in the top four there. So really? that, doesn't really doesn't really surprise me that they that they got bounced out um, as early as they did there. The uh, just why didn't, did you say that? I don't why? know if it's just their I don't know if it's just their style of play or what or just something wasn't clicking for me that you know I was pretty I was kind of impressed with Ohio minus a couple of players and uh, you know I thought Michigan Dearborn kind of impressed me with their work ethic and then obviously Lindenwood is Lindenwood so 
Yeah, I was out of those out of the top four. I was I was least impressed with Adrian for for whatever reason. Huh. Okay. All right. Well, interesting. So, interesting. No yeah. respect for the for the defending champs from Andrew, I guess. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. No. No respect. That was last year. This is this year, right? <laughs> Well, in the uh, in game three of of on Sunday of quarterfinals Sunday, it was Dearborn face Michigan Dearborn facing off against Davenport, two versus seven. Those two teams played each other a few times this season, and uh, Davenport got blown out in most of those games. Um, but this one was a little bit tighter. It was a yeah, this uh, was a close one. Uh, six to four was the final score, but there were two empty net goals, and it's kind of funny because Davenport, their goaltender. Uh, was pulled with about three minutes to go in the game. It was, um, if my memory, uh, if my memory serves right, it was four to three, and they pulled the goaltender with about it was four to three Dearborn, and then Davenport pulled the goalie with about three minutes to go, and Dearborn gets uh, uh, a, a empty net goal with about the two thirty mark. So now all of a sudden it's five to three, in damned if Davenport. Doesn't pull the goalie again, Didn't and come. this time they score to make it five to four. They score again, make it five four. How about that? And then they pull the goalie again. Yeah. And Michigan Dearborn <laughs> gets another empty netter, almost yeah, at the death. Buries it on. And yeah, so you know, had they had they kept the goaltender in maybe a little bit longer and uh, uh, just pulled him there towards the end, they might have had a chance to tie it up. But instead, they. Pulled him with, like I said, about three minutes to go in the game and uh, ended up giving up two empty netters, and that ended up being the difference in the game. So, yeah, sealed their fate. But, hey, you can't, can't fault the team for trying, right? No, 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 no. Hey, I mean, it, and it worked. They, I mean, they, 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 they yeah. got a goal, you know. They were playing for their lives. And um, I thought Davenport looked – I thought both teams looked really good. You know, the, the, there was a kid on uh, – there was a kid on Dearborn's team, 91, Groat, Tyler Groat. That kid um, wasn't He's wasn't good. exactly a fleet skater or anything like that, but, boy, he could find an open space. And that yeah, kid he, just he had a He knew where the rip. net was at, right? Oh, yeah. He had, a sl- he had a shot that was like a cannon, and he found the yeah, net a few he, times. He did. He did. He, uh, he found the net a few times against OU also. And yep. yeah, he, yeah, he did. He did. The kid had a nose for the net. He knew where it was at. That's for sure. Yep, yep. So, uh, so Michigan Dearborn. We had two upsets with number five beating two and uh, six beating three. But Dearborn holds on and avoids the upset and yep. uh, beat Davenport. And then we had the big one at the end of the night. Number one Lindenwood against number eight Liberty, and um, it it went about uh, as you expected until uh, a major penalty in the third period. Um, dear, uh, Lindenwood was up four to one on Liberty and was just cruising. And then, uh, I forget who it was on Lindenwood, but, uh, someone drew a major penalty for boarding. I think it was boarding. It was anyways, it was a major penalty and the kid got kicked out yeah. of the game and Liberty scores two goals in about a two minute span on the, on the major penalty to, uh, make it really, uh, make things kind of tight and squeaky over there make on the Lindenwood bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, it was interesting. Fighting, it was oh, the fighting was, zombos were puckered up, huh? You got that right. It was four to three, <laughs> and Liberty was swarming. And I, 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 the last couple of minutes of that game, 
were probably some of the, I, I would say from there on for the, for the rest of the tournament, it was, those are probably, you know, the games just got better and more exciting and more thrilling because, yeah. you know, you had a chance to see number one go down. You had a chance to see, uh, uh, number eight, you know, maybe, maybe be the one that takes them down. And yeah, you know, number one was hanging on for dear life and, uh, the yeah. flames just Another could, thing. they just ran literally. out of time. The, uh, I don't, I, I think they were kind of fell in the same category as some of the teams we just talked about. Not, not a whole lot of talent out there, but it seemed like they worked hard and they just yep. kind of came in waves at you. They didn't, everybody worked and they all, they all skated and they, and that's what held them in that game. They, uh, they've got a, uh, yeah, they've got, they've, they're, they're well coached and, yep. um, I'd say the only downfall that Liberty has would be uh, they still like to dye their hair before they uh, come to nationals. So that's <laughs> yeah, kind of goofy and strange. Yeah, they should they should stop that. That's a bad look. They should they should stop that. So yeah, of course yeah. all the Lindenwood guys grew out their playoff beards, but that's okay because they're about thirty five years old anyways. So uh, yeah, I was gonna say they're all they're all men anyways. So they're they're growing have five o'clock shadows and they played at eight thirty. So going you know. yeah, going home to their wives and children. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, hey, let's let's take a quick break. Let's hear that Caddyshack horn, and then we'll come back and talk about the two semifinals and then the national championship game. We have a new champion now that Adrian was gone. Hold on. Let's hear Caddyshack. Oh boy. All right, Andrew. So that uh, so the two winners. So I'm sorry, the three, four winners on on Sunday: Iowa State, Minot State, Dearborn, and Lindenwood, all got to move on to the semifinals on Monday afternoon. And boy, that was yes, exciting. Yes, they did. We had, um, you know, all of our games were played at the uh, at the Comerica Center in Frisco, and um, uh, it was. The men's division two was playing all, all of their games at the same time, but they're playing down at the uh, children's health Ce- children's health star center in Plano. Yeah. But for the semifinals, what happened was they brought the men's division two semifinals up to Frisco and they played those on the, uh, on the practice rink right next door. So right a, next door, to which the is Home a fantastic facility in itself. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous yep. and beautiful, and so uh, while Michigan, Dearborn, and Iowa State uh, were was the first game on on Monday night. Before that, they had some men's two semis going on right next door. They started about a half an hour earlier. Um, actually, I think it was an hour earlier. So everything was kind of staggered. It was kind of fun to see people run from one side of the building to the other side of go the on. building to go catch uh, hockey back games. It was forth, nonstop. Yeah, yeah. and That's then of course cool. we got thrown off schedule. Um, because the semifinal number one ended up going into double overtime. Michigan Dearborn number two facing Iowa State number five. And it was a two to two game at the end of regulation. Um, Iowa State seemed to be in control, and then Michigan Dearborn uh, uh, just clawed back and fought back. And it was a two to one game, and Dearborn ties it up and forces overtime. And. Uh, you know, through it at one point, at one point in the game, Andrew, I looked up and Dearborn had twenty shots. They only had one goal, but they had twenty shots, and oh. Iowa State had nine. 
And then I looked up again, and it was Iowa State had 25 shots to Michigan Dearborn's 23. How about that? So you could you could just kind of tell as the night went on that Iowa State was just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Yep. And yep. Um, it goes back to that work ethic we talked about. Exactly. Exactly right. And and the thing I noticed it in the first overtime, the thing that stood out to me was that Iowa State um, there was an, there was an awful lot of reaching for the puck going on by the Dearborn guys. They weren't taking that extra stride. They weren't you know committing to the body. They were yep. you know trying to you know just poke things away. Whereas Iowa State would take that extra stride. They would get in there and right next to you and rub you off the puck. And they were winning all of those one-on-one battles. And um, uh, Michigan Dearborn goaltender played great. Uh, both goaltenders played great. Um, but you could just kind of get the sense that this was going to go Iowa State's way. And sure enough, uh, in double overtime, three minutes and change into double overtime, a blast from the point gets deflected in front off of an Iowa State stick. It was a beautiful deflection. The Michigan Dearborn goaltender had the uh, had the point blast all lined up, but he didn't have the deflection. And uh, he uh, Iowa State scores the goal. It was a pretty goal. It wasn't a garbage goal. It was a really pretty uh, redirection. And Iowa State moves on to the national championship game, beating number two Michigan Dearborn 3-2 to two in double overtime. I would have... If- I would have never thought when we were sitting here talking a couple of weeks ago that we needed to talk about Iowa State moving all the way into the championship game, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, we were, we, we were talking a while ago on, on our, a couple of our podcasts about Central Oklahoma going up and beating Iowa State in Ames, and Colorado and, State yeah. went up and beat Iowa State in Ames, and how yeah. it's always a good day when, you know, Cyclone Hockey loses. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we like to give them a hard time because they think a lot of themselves. But um, boy, you know they they had a they had a great showing and they worked their bag off and uh, boy, it was they did just great. They did. They, the, it was a good game. Yep. They uh, they made us eat our words, right? Got that right. Got that right. Proved proved <laughs> us wrong, and uh, they did. So so good for them. I, so Iowa State moves on to the Tuesday night championship game. Now the only question is, who are they going to play? Who are they going to face? And it was uh, uh, between number one Lindenwood and number six Minot State. And you know everybody loves scoring, but uh, this <laughs> game was a yeah, it was a one battle. nothing game. It was oh, but it was it was probably the most exciting game of the whole tournament. Um, it was it was intense. There were scoring chances galore, and. Um, yeah, as you said, uh, uh, just a defensive uh, uh, battle between the Minot State goaltender and uh, the Lindenwood uh, goaltender and the Minot State penalty kill and the Lindenwood power play unit. Minot yep. State yep. captain uh, Fournier scores uh, in the second period, I think it is, uh, to take a one to nothing lead, and that's all that they needed uh, to yeah, beat the about. number one team. Yep. Talk about two teams that are just full of men going at it, right? Oh boy! I mean this this was a heavyweight fight in a twelve round heavyweight I mean, fight. Yeah, I mean, I was down in the in the locker rooms and between the player benches and all that stuff all all week, and you know the Minot guys, seeing them warm up and all that, like they weren't they had some guys that were tall. Don't get me wrong, but for the most part they were average size, anywhere from five ten to six foot, 
six foot one, six two in that neighborhood. But yeah, just thick build, you know, just thick chest, thick necks, thick legs, just just big farm boys, and uh, yeah, just just men going at playing the game is what is what it basically came down to. Well, a lot of those men blocked an awful lot of shots. Um, mm-hmm. In the in the Illinois, uh, when when Minot State played Illinois on Saturday, um, Minot State's number one goaltender efforts went mm-hmm. down, and he had to be uh, he was replaced by the backup goalie, and I forget the kid's name. It was like Simcox or Szymanski or something like that. It's it's a I'm sure the kid's Canadian and. It was one of those one of the, one of those Canadian names that had uh, like tons of consonants in one vowel, right? <laughs> yeah, Lo- lots yeah. of lots of Ys and Zs and Ks and but uh, maybe an O <laughs> yeah. and that was it. So, uh, but that that so that backup goaltender beat Illinois. Then he comes back and he beats Adrian. And damned if he didn't beat Lindenwood. The kid stood on his head, but he also had a lot of help. Everybody, all those thick farm boys that you just mentioned, Andrew. We're blocking tons of shots. Yes. Um, you know, we, we thought there was a group of us that was watching the game uh, late. Uh, Minot State had drawn a penalty, had had uh, got called for a penalty at like 2.35 left in the game. And we thought, oh, here it comes. The vaunted Lindenwood yeah, power play go. is going to show itself finally and um, uh, come up and tie the game up. You know, we had just gone through a double overtime game. And damned if Minot State just did not suffocate that power play. And yeah. um, oh, that's that's awesome. They they hung on and the place was rocking and rolling. And uh, there were some loud fans from Minot State that were in the building that had driven or flown down all the way from the Magic City to uh, to Frisco. And man, when the buzzer went off, it was uh, it was like they had won the championship. Uh, uh, number that, one goes down. That was- yeah, that's that's awesome. You win, you win by team effort, and you lose by team effort also. And they uh, they came out on the right side of it. Yep, yep. So that sets up the big one Tuesday the big night championship. national championship game. Iowa State number five versus number six Minot State. Now don't this now is don't the get first carry eyed on me here. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cover our last game of the season on the podcast here. So don't don't get all teary eyed on me. <laughs> Covering the last well, game, hey, all right. Yeah, well, I, no promises, no promises. The uh, <laughs> I, I got, I got to give you respect because you know a couple of when we when we found out the Nationals field and we asked for predictions. You know, you if I if my memory serves right said Arizona was going to be in the finals yeah. against Minot State. I did. And I you did. predicted you predicted an Arizona win over Minot State. So uh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. that didn't happen, but I give you half credit for pulling Minot State to be in the finals. How about that? Hey, not just another pretty face. You know, I'm I'm kind of a smart dude here. Not just, <laughs> not just another pretty face to look at. <laughs> not just a, a sultry voice to listen to on a on a cheesy that's podcast, right? Yeah. right? <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well, this was uh, this was a hell of a game. Uh, Minot State comes out you know um um let, let's 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 go back because it's kind of part of the story here on the during the lindenwood game minot state was up one to nothing they appeared to have scored a second goal and the uh the the officials went to the video review and they declared the that there was no goal 
Yeah, they, they took the goal off the board. Um, because they said that the a Minot State player had pushed a Lindenwood player on top of the Lindenwood goaltender, which prevented him from the Lindenwood goaltender from being able to make a play on the on the shot. Yeah. So they took the goal off the board, right? And there, I say there's that there's a couple not, of close calls to, like that. There were a couple. There were a couple. But I say that only because it sets up for the following night. There was uh, Iowa State um, gets uh, uh, Iowa State scores early in the uh, in the first period, and then Minot scores uh, uh, late in the first period to tie the game up. And then there's a Minot State goal on a scrum, and the question is, um, what was the net off of its moorings? You know, the net had been yep. dislodged, and had the net been uh, dislodged uh, before the before the puck went in, because uh, there was you know just an absolute scrum of people uh, that were just flailing all over the place trying to keep the puck in or out. And while the call the night before went against Minot, this call went with went Minot's way, and the officials came out and called it a good goal, and it was a two to one game in favor of Minot, and uh, they ended up hanging on for dear life. Iowa State pulls the goaltender late in the third with about a minute and a half to go, and Minot had a couple of chances to get it down there. But we were talking about the conditioning and the skating abilities of Iowa State. Boy, those kids. Uh, they, they worked they hard to down. keep Minot out of the empty net. Did not they back did. down. Minot finally, finally scores the empty net goal with 1.3 seconds left to go in the game. And everybody, it's kind of funny, Andrew, everybody on the Minot State bench jumped off the ice. Cleared it. Yes. I mean, jumped off the bench onto the ice. Yep, yep. We had a premature celebration. <laughs> they At that point, the referee should have just dropped the puck and let him, and let him go and and uh, let them keep celebrating, right? Yeah, unfortunately, we we did not we did not get that because what happened was the referee um, called the uh, called everybody back onto the bench. Yep, and assessed a minor penalty for delay of game, and so they, then they went back out uh, and they literally dropped the puck. Nobody touched it, and uh, you know then the celebration was on one point three seconds later. Yep. Then the celebration so, was on. Uh, yeah. Minot State, the the in, in the kid. How do you like to be the one kid that has to go serve that penalty for one? Yeah, go walk seconds. across the. Yeah, go skate uh, across the ice and sit over there for a second by yourself. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, that's right. That's right. You you can't jump off the bench and celebrate with your friends. You got to come out of the penalty box. Ding. Yeah, you got to. You can you can meet us there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they. So, yeah, anyways, I, uh, I'm sure he doesn't give a rip. That I tuned into the I tuned into the got home and. Tuned into the last ten minutes of the third period there, and I was laughing when they scored that goal with a second to go, and then they made them all get off the ice, and, and it was the most official puck drop of the entire tournament to determine that one point three <laughs> seconds. <laughs> you know, I was like, "Come on, buddy, just just drop the puck." Like Iowa State, they know they've lost there; they're not going to do anything. Just let the boys continue to celebrate and uh, drop the puck to get the second off the clock and call it official, right? Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. They did it, and um, Minot State, the Beavers from uh, from the Magic City up in North Dakota, are the ACHA Men's Division One National Champions. Yeah, congrats to so, those guys. Uh, pretty impressive. Yep, yep. Wade Rugier, the Wade Rugier, the coach for the for Minot State, and Wyatt Wasselanchuk, the assistant coach. Congratulations to those guys and to all the rest of the Beavers. 
I give I give Wasilinchek a hard time whenever I see him because he wears those skinny jeans. That are, those skinny they look pants. like high waters. Yeah. Oh, they sit two or three uh, inches above their shoes. Yes, so you can see their goofy socks and stuff. I guess yep. that's the fashion these days, right? Yep, yep. So I, 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 saw, I saw Wyatt, and I said, hey, what are you doing wearing your girlfriend's pants? <laughs> yeah, you know? what is she doing for pants today? Skin t- yeah, exactly. I mean, I just <laughs> quit, quit reading your girlfriend's closet for clothes, would you? <laughs> um, but he, he knows it's coming, and he, and he doesn't care because he's got two rings. and uh, He does. And that's, he that's all that matters. Yep, he's got a couple championships to his credit. So, yeah, good for all those guys. Well, and it's good to, uh, uh, you know, my not state's a good, good little program. They, they've done it the right way. Um, they've been around in the ACHA for a long time, but, uh, you know, they were, they were struggling there for a while and, and Sheldon Schneider and then Wade, uh, Wade Regeer, uh, turned that program around and remember, I mean, they used to go on the road and, uh, they would go everywhere and just beat you everywhere. And that just yep. forced you to ha- have to go to Minot. And, and uh and they've got a, a great schedule up there now. Oh. Yeah. Fun, I, they, fun they place have to, to love play. Texas. Yep. Yeah. I mean were, were you hey. were, were you were you with us, Andrew? Andrew, were you with us when uh Minot played Oklahoma in Texas after uh after a Dallas Stars Detroit Red Wings game? I don't th- uh, nope, I don't think I ever made that one. Minot came down to uh, Oklahoma and beat Oklahoma in a shootout, I believe it was, on a Friday night. And then we had made arrangements with the Dallas Stars to play the, the, the next game on Saturday after the Stars played the Red Wings. And so it was kind of cool playing in the big building. And, you know, it got a crowd of about, you know, five 6,000 hung around after the game. Yeah. Um, and damned if Minot doesn't beat Oklahoma uh, again, they swept the weekend. Um, so, uh, I, th- I think Minot state kind of likes Texas. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. The, hey, uh, they haven't lost down there. So, uh, yeah. Why not? Yeah. But no, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great national tournament. They, uh, very well, very well put on. I thought the facilities looked fantastic. Um, not only in person, but as I was watching a couple of the games on the, on the YouTube channel, you know, it was very Kind of cool to have the commentary and the the commercials and the intermission reports and all that. Kind of made it feel like a a big boys game, you know. And uh, so very well done yep. by the ACHA. Yep. And uh, yeah, I would say an A yeah. plus all the way around. Look at you! I like this. Yeah, the you know, and once we got the the building dialed in, um, you know, after the first couple of days, and and I know there's people out there that want to complain and say, oh, it had tons of glass issues and, and whatever. But you know what? It was, uh, uh, the, all that stuff was minor. The hockey was great. The hockey we had was 19 great. games. I would, I would say 15 of those 19 games were just awesome, fun games to watch and yep. competitive, yep. And, you know, down to the wire late. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, at the, and at the end of the day, you know, some of the some of the issues they were we were having early on with the pegs and the nets and getting them to stay on and all that, we we got that dialed in. And I don't think it ever became yep, an issue nope. on a determining goal or not nope. determining a goal. So yeah, once nope, they wasn't an issue at all. We, once we got the you know, and I thought we worked great um, with myself and then Gordy, who is with the ACHA, 
working with the building staff to get things dialed in. We we worked well together, and uh, we found our groove. And uh, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. You know, we got we got to give credit to to you and Gordy on behalf of the ACHA. We're down there to help out, and then we had fellows down there on behalf of the Star Centers. Yep, uh, Jack, who I know oversees everything, and Kurt, the hammer guy, the hammer, him, since he. <laughs> He ends up coming out there with a big old rubber mallet yep. and starts and hammering away done. at glass and boards and stuff. <laughs> yes, he did. You know, I, I I was most impressed with Kurt when he sprinted across the ice back oh. and forth twice oh. in cowboy boots. Oh, if I'd have done that, I, I thought that I was pretty damn myself. impressive. Oh, if I'd have done that, I would have killed myself. <laughs> and as he's doing that, but then, Gordy and myself yeah. are sitting there watching him as we're standing behind the scissor yeah. lift that he's running right at. And I look at Gordy and I was like, what's the over-under that he eats it coming across that red line right now? And Gordy's like, I can't even watch. This is going to hurt so bad. And I'll be damned if he didn't make it, right? And I was like, I just looked at him. I, I gave him a fist bump afterwards. And I was like, I can't believe you didn't kill yourself. So, he's, yeah. uh, he, he's, a, he's a great guy. He helped us, he helped us get the building uh, set up in terms of uh, signage and banners and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. uh, Kurt's awesome. Softy. Softy out there. The, he was out there with the mallet as well when we had to knock a board or two into place. Yep. Uh, yep. But Softy, uh, Softy was great. And uh, if you if you saw the uh, any of the replay with the hammer guy ban- beating on the boards, you'll know why Softy's called Softy. Yep. So uh, yep. that was pretty Fantastic awesome. Fantastic nickname. The uh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> you never know when you're going into an arena like that and an arena that doesn't normally hold ACHA games, you never know what you're going to get from the rink staff, right? Those guys are yep. used to dealing with the Dallas Stars and, and with dealing with NHL players and all that. And then here comes this gang of club hockey guys and all that. And you never know what you're going to get. If they're going to have that attitude of, well, you know, I'm I'm above you because I'm, I'm an NHL guy and then I don't want to be here. But you know what? The crew wasn't like that. Um, like I said, Jack, the building ops, he he cared and did a fantastic job and you know I thought his crew was good Kurt and Softy and and the and the other guys they all cared and they wanted to they wanted to help make it as as good as we possibly could right absolutely they were so, great they yeah. were great to work with yeah yeah fantastic we also fantastic you, group yep and and the stars themselves um, the Dallas Stars organization was where they were great. Uh, we we're talking about the guys that helped out with uh, the on ice issues, but uh, off the ice, um, the the stars were great. Brad Buckland and Lucas Reed and Damon Metcher were uh, were were just integral and great great people to work with on on the Dallas Stars side of things. And um, it's kind of exciting. Andrew, you missed out on you left on Saturday. You missed out on the big thing on on Sunday. We we didn't even talk about it. The Michigan Dearborn Davenport game got delayed. Because we were in a tornado. <laughs> yes. How about that? Yes. The, uh, we were we were yeah. playing in the we were playing in the building that the Texas tornado built. Yep. And, and, then, and then you got a we, tornado all, outside. All of us, with the sirens start going off. <laughs> and I'm looking at my weather app. I'm looking, and you'll you'll get a you'll get a kick out of this. You'll appreciate this, right? I'm looking at my weather app, and I'm looking, and everything is like directly north of the rink but it's going east so it's like gonna barely it's not gonna hit the rink and there's nothing there was no tornado there was a lot of circulation but it was like a quarter mile north of us i mean close 
very close, yeah. but nothing to get worked up about, right? Nah. So here I am, dummy, called down to Andy Stores, who's the public address announcer, and I said, Andy, the sign. Andrew, hey boy, we ran into a little bit of technical difficulties. That's what we get for messing with Mother Nature, huh? It showed, yeah, it, it affects podcasts. I was just saying that uh, I had called down to our public address announcer to let him, you know, make an announcement that all was well, that the storm was uh, north of us, but we were monitoring the situation and not to, uh, but all was going to be well. And apparently, uh, uh, you know, while that call was, well, while that announcement was being made, the uh, the stars, since it's their building, um, you know, about a minute later said, you know what, let's everybody go ahead and get into the tunnels and be safe. So uh, the Michigan Dearborn Davern, Davenport people, uh, players and fans and everybody went down into the player tunnels for about 20 minutes uh, just to be on the safe side. Um, Idiots like myself and um, our, our executive director, Craig Barnett, and the Davenport coach, uh, Phil Sweeney, we all went outside and watched the circulation and felt the temperature drop by about 20 degrees in about 10 seconds. That was kind of nice. And then uh, went back in and made an announcement. And like I said, 20 minutes later, everybody was back in business. I'll clear no nothing to be... Uh, Nothing to worry about. It, it was kind of uh, wild. Uh, you know, there were some people, obviously both teams are from Michigan. There were some people that weren't used to this. And a um, little out of sorts, I had the weather app on my phone, and I was just showing people as we were going through the tunnel to let them know that we were waiting for 7 o'clock to give the all clear. Um, I was showing everybody, and that, that was, uh, uh, or showing anybody that wanted to see it, um, where everything was. and. Um, uh, so, so hey, it, it, it worked out. I think actually seeing it on a radar and as opposed to not knowing where it is. Yeah. You get, when you're in a building for that long or when you're in a building, you, you're oblivious to what's going on, right? Lose track of time, lose track of the weather. We, we had the lights go out at one point, uh, just for a split second, uh, during one of the games. I forget which game it was. It was a late game. Yeah. I thought it was like Jamestown, Robert Morris, uh, and, um, you know, it's because there was a, a, a thunderstorm going on outside, and we didn't know, you know, that, uh, yeah, I mean, we're all inside, so. Uh. And that, my friends, is where we lost Andrew and all of his great recording, and it's kind of appropriate for a way to end this podcast with everything just going to hell in a handbasket there at the end. So I uh, apologize that you didn't get to hear Andrew's wit there at the very end. He had a lot of funny things to say, but I'm sure we'll get to it next season. It was just really a lot of sobbing and crying that the uh, podcast was over. So uh, just a brief summary of what his end of the conversation really was. So really just sparing you guys from a lot of uh, embarrassment and sparing him from some humiliation. So uh, anyways, hey, just want to thank everybody for uh, putting up with us and listening to uh, uh, the podcast throughout the season, all 11 of you. We appreciate your uh, patience with us, and we appreciate you putting up with this most recent, most terrible, the last podcast of the 2018-2019 season. Fittingly, it ends like a train wreck. So uh, again, have a great summer. 
appreciate everybody listening to uh, to this, and we look forward to uh, recharging our batteries and getting back after it sometime in August or September. All right. Until then, take care, and uh, as Andrew would say, we'll see you on the flip side. <laughs> <laughs>